This is Invest Like a Honeybee, the podcast where you learn to be smart with your money and invest wisely. Before we get started, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. I'm not an investment advisor. Please make sure you discuss any changes to your portfolio with your registered advisors. I may continue to hold stocks I discuss in this podcast or not, depending on when you listen to this podcast. This is about Invest Like a Honeybee. I'm Henry J. Speck. Let's get started. My guest today is Jim Lee, and I absolutely want you to listen to everything we talk about because he talks about his path to where he is today and some of the challenges he's facing. And I also want you to pay particular attention to his age and how he developed and was able to build up cash to buy his first condo. Here's my interview with Jim Lee. All right, go for it. Jim, thanks for joining me. What part of the world are you in right now? I'm part in uh, California, Los Angeles. How about you? I'm in a place called Blenheim, Ontario, Canada. I'm about an hour from Detroit on a 50-acre honeybee sanctuary. Oh, very cool. I've always a- wanted I always wanted to visit Canada. It's beautiful out there. Man, it's a beautiful day. What's the, what's the day like? Probably nice. Nice there every day in California, isn't it? Yeah, it's okay. been kind of it's been kind of crazy though with this uh, climate change. This year we're well, getting we're getting thanks. storm hail and tornadoes. <laughs> it's 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 insane. We've never witnessed anything like this before. Well, thanks for getting back to me, and I'm really excited to have you on the on the podcast. I want to talk a little bit. Usually, what we like to do is get a little history, how you got to where you are today. Start way back as far as you want up until today. Fire away. Yeah, sure. So um, I started. I graduated with an economics degree back in 2010 from UCLA. And uh, my first job out of college, that was uh, was uh, working at LoopNet as an inside sales. Um, <clears throat> for those that don't know what LoopNet is, basically Zillow for commercial real estate. So um, from there, I pretty much learned the importance of having multiple uh, stream of income by speaking to real estate uh, agent, um, investors, property managers, lenders on a daily basis, just picking, just pick their brains and understand uh, how to invest real estate and have an additional passive. So hang on, what was their business model where you worked? Like, what was it about? Like, was it just doing listings and data or selling research or what was the deal? Everything you just mentioned, data, <laughs> research, uh, you can post a commercial listing on there. So if, you, if you're looking to buy or sell, let's say a hotel, uh, LoopNet is your number one option on Google search. And uh, if you need to lease an office space, you can post it on on LoopNet. So, so how like do I, said, I pay for that? Do I pay a commission like an agent, or do I pay to list it, or how did that work back then? So back then, um, everybody can sign up uh, for for a free membership. Uh, so once you sign up for free membership, the 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 idea is uh, free cannot see free. So if you sign up as a free searcher, you cannot see the free listing. You can only see the paid listings. Oh. And vice versa, if you list for free, only the pay searchers can see it, right? Oh. So if, if you pay the subscription as a searcher, you can see all the listings, the paid listings and the free listings. If you pay to list on the website, everybody can see your listing, whether they create it's a free searcher or a pay searcher. And what would it cost you to list a building? Let's say you had a duplex you wanted to sell for, oh, California, it's probably 90 million. But let's say it's like, I don't know, 750 grand. How would you, what would it cost you to list that on? That service. So we we sold based on packages. You can list one property, four properties, ten properties, and 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 ten ten plus or more. Yeah, so I've got for, one. So one, it's uh, back then it was seventy bucks a month. It's probably well, a lot more now. 
Okay, and you were at one of the top sales folks there somewhere. You, you won some awards or something? Yeah. So um, when Coldstar had acquired us, <clears throat> which is a, a, a you know a big commercial real estate company, uh, uh, strictly uh, just on data, uh, the, all they do is just send a bunch of researchers out to find data, information, and so forth. So when they acquired us, the CEO of Coldstar, Andy Florence, threw us this huge uh, uh, sales incentive to the po- top five sales uh, reps. Uh, who can bring in the most revenue for the company for the entire year and monthly incentive as well, monthly competition. So it ranges. So the the first place gets a hundred thousand, fifty thousand, and so forth. Only top wow. five gets it. Uh, monthly incentive is ten thousand, five thousand, twenty five hundred. I consistently won uh, between first and second place. In the end, I won uh, second place overall. Fantastic for you! And how many years were you there? I was there for I would say a good three years. And were you a grinder? Is that how you did it? Like you just grind? Yeah, so back in 2010, as you you may know, um, it, it was right after the 2008 subprime mortgage yeah. crash. Yeah. On top of that, 2010, the European debt crisis. So that really, you know, we were in a real recession turmoil. And so it, it took me a year and a half to find this job graduating, coming out of UCLA. Um, and, and at that time, you know, I, I went through so many interviews that I got so good at selling myself. And eventually <laughs> I found inside sales. <laughs> that's how that's how i started so when you finished there after three years you went on your own right away started doing sales or what did you do yeah i continued to do sales because um when i found inside sales it was a grind because you know i didn't know how to sell i just know how to sell myself in in an interview so um after being jobless for a year and a half i i i i I never wanted to go back to that uh to that you know when you hit rock bottom you just don't ever want to think about that and and so i i put in you know a lot of time 10 to 12 hours a day uh perfecting my craft get really good at sales and then from there i kind of just uh, took sales with me for the next eight ten years and I've, I've been doing it ever since and what are you doing like how did you get to where you're, i know you're in apartment syndication or a real estate syndication but before we talk about that how did you get to that point today what happened next so right after I worked at LoopNet, um, like I said, I, under, I understood the importance of having multiple stream of income. So I, I acquired my first two-bedroom, one-bathroom condo. Um, and, <laughs> Tell us and about did. that condo. Tell us. Yeah. So um, it was my very first investment. Uh, I bought it all cash offer. And uh, it took me a year to close this deal because it's a, it's a short sale. So and what did it, it cost you? It cost me about one hundred thirty-five thousand. So let me 2000. understand this. You saved. Uh, how old were you at the time? I was uh, seven years. So you're looking at twenty-seven around. And 27. you saved up one hundred thirty-five thousand. Yeah. Or more, probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, from from LoopNet, from working on LoopNet, right? Yeah, and but then... you saved it. You must. You you weren't like partying when you made all this money, right? And, and how much discipline did that take? Was there a lot of temptation or did you, are you always been this sort of save and grind guy? I, I, I've always had that mentality um, because uh, uh, being raised as Asian in, uh, I was born and raised in Taiwan and with the savers mentality, right? And in Asian culture, we've been taught if you can't pay for something in cash, you can't afford it. In our mind, debt is slavery and cash is freedom. Okay. Let so me that's understand it. Okay. Educate me here. Okay. Could you educate me a little bit? I was, I was brought up in a, uh, my parents were immigrants, but from a, sort of the similar kind of thinking, but a bit different. Is that throughout the entire culture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So what, how do you break it to someone when you want a mortgage? <laughs> like that must it's, be not a good day. <laughs> well, they, they they have to change their mindset. The, the first thing I would recommend to them to do is read uh, the book Rich Dad Poor Dad course, by Robert yeah. Kiyosaki. So right. how did you approach that when you had to get your first leverage debt to buy a property? So when I bought this in ca uh, condo and all cash offer, I realized uh, there's so much to learn about real estate that I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. So I had to educate myself. So again, going back to picking up that purple Bible, yeah. started reading it. And then I uh, finally understood, you know, the importance of using leverage, right? Um, I think the most important part is being financially educated in a sense that you have to understand there's good debt and bad debt, right? Good debt is the ones that you can use leverage, leverage to help you amplify your re uh, return on investment. Bad debt is credit card bills. Get rid of them, right? As soon as possible, because they're, they're just going to eat you alive. Right? So tell so, me how you got, I, I, sort, I sort of cut you off there, but you were going into the actual purchase. It was a short sale. It took a year. Tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about how it worked out, what the cash flow was, and what, do, what did you have to do to get there? Yeah, so cash flow is just 100%, right? Because I have no debt, no no leverage at all. And so I was making, I would say about a thousand, a thousand dollars cash flow uh, per month. Because That's after, good. after HOA expense, yep. property insurance and so forth, um, because I did everything from A to Z, just remember that, um, you know, I, I, I found the tenant, I run the background check, I collect rent, I even did my own maintenance. Um, that, that was another mistake besides putting <laughs> cash offer because, you know, as a real estate investor, everybody wants to be passive, not active. Right. But I realized that, you know, I, I gotta be active for, at first to learn everything, go through the whole process. Absolutely. That you're right on about learning and, and good for you on the cash. Don't beat yourself up about that, man. You're making a thousand dollars a month. And how much were you living off at the time? Like how much did you need? Like what were your needs costs? We call that. I would say on a monthly basis, uh, I was it was costing about eight hundred dollars. So, so you were living you if you kept living as frugally as you were, you didn't have to work, right? But you kept going. What was your next deal? Well, my next deal was I I realized you know um, I didn't want to work as a W two employee, so I wanted to start <laughs> my own venture. Um, I got a real estate license on the on the side, and I became a realtor, thinking that I can find my own deals and make a career out of it, right? Be an entrepreneur, but it wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. Did that for two years, found out it was a good fit. And during lockdown, that's when I started to study syndication. And that's how I got into that space. So where are you at now with syndication? How many apartments are you involved with or what are you doing? I'm doing, I, I currently just syndicated my second deal. Um, it's a 400 unit apartment building. Oh, um, tell us about your first before we get to 400. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> first one is 200 unit apartment building. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah, in Orlando, Florida. Oh, um, beauty! Yeah, so ahead, I'm sir. not I'm not the only person. Uh, there's no. you know, six other GPs, uh, general partners on the team. Uh, it's a it's a partnership, and that's the beauty of syndication. You okay, know, so hang on, you've got 200 units, and you own one sixth of them. Uh, no, I don't own one sixth of them. I my role as a uh, as a general partner is to raise capital. So okay. I, I, so I not only put my own money into it, but I also have some equity in it. But I don't so, own one sixth of it. So what what do you own? Like what's what's it going? How's it going? What what do you? So so I own a portion of it. Like there's some equity involved, um, but mainly my job, my role is to raise capital, investor relation, and and so forth. The the main owners, the people who owns most majority of them, are the operators. The operator is the lead sponsor. So the we're talking who, about four forty million. 
uh 40 million you mean the deal size yeah yeah it's a it's a 50 million deal and okay. it's about uh loan to value is 30 million loan and then 20 million um capital raise okay and what do you got 10 percent of the property or the project yeah so we we had a preferred equity which is kind of it acts like yep. a bank and then we also have we raised uh 10 million amongst seven general partners okay all right and then the second deal was a 400 unit apartment building Correct. You tell us about that. Yeah, so it's in Jacksonville, Florida. It cons consists of two apartment complex. One is 140 units. The other is 242 units. And uh, it's a value add class C uh, apartment building uh, built in 1970s. <laughs> and uh, so far it's going great. You know, operations running smooth and we're at 97% occupancy rate. And we finally made our uh, distribution half a year through uh, our operation. Fantastic. Can you tell us the rent, the average monthly rent in the first building with the 200 and the other two complexes? Like what's it cost to live there rent-wise? Yeah. So before we took over the project, it was uh, renting on average. So we so we have one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom, but I'm just going to give you an average. Yeah, right? yeah, sure. Price per, per room. So it's uh, $750 before we took over the project. Uh, since then, we bumped it up to $1,000. The renovated apartments have, have, have been going for $1,350. So it's a wow. nearly 50% more increase. Um, so it's going really well. Any rent controls in Florida? Nope. You're kidding. So what about existing tenants, though? Existing? What do you mean? Like, let's say I'm living in an apartment for $750. Uh, I go away for two weeks. You fix it up. I come back. Can you give me a rent bump for $250 more a month? Yes. Oh, really? What, 30 days notice or something? Is that yes. how it works? Yes. Like oh, when I don't. when I said that from 750 to 1000 after we took over the project, we basically just notified the, the tenant. Um, typically, when we took over, when when there's a switch of management like that, there's a, a there's a, a good amount of turnover because of that reason, because they know that, you know, they, they're, they're expecting rent increase. So you must have live on site managers. Yes. How many of those do you need for a 200 unit and a, you know how many would you have well we have for the 200 since it's two different buildings we'll have one on-site manager on, on, at each when was the last time you had financing like what number are we talking how many points three four five what's the mortgage is that it's at uh well our our interest rate is capped at 6.12 percent that's but that's only because we bought a rate cap right okay. so it's fixed for three years um yeah. Yeah, because it's because because of the interest rate, like both deals, we bought rate cap just as an insurance, you know. In case, so what's the cash flow for you? Like, can I ask what's the cash flow on on a two hundred unit building? Just take the one. Cash flow, we're not making much cash flow right now because typically we use uh, the first year's cash flow to to uh, put into renovation. You know, we're using all that. Uh, um, so, th so that's why when I mentioned that we're operations going really smooth, we made distribution on the second deal because the first deal, we're nowhere at that point. Okay. We're not going to make distribution until probably a year or two years later. So one of the things that, that, you know, I, as you know, I, I invest in properties and, and stuff and REITs. And, and one of the things that I always wondered about, uh, syndication, uh, is how does a person understand the underlying transparency of the organization? I mean, even with public REITs, uh, I'll give you an example. I, I did talk about this on a podcast. A uh, a mobile home uh, company went public, and yet a number of the businesses were continually run privately by the original founders without taking it out to tender. So, for example, landscaping, HVAC, 
buying and selling of of these units was still done by the management on the side and it wasn't part of the public company if you will so you'd be investing so the transparency even in a public com- company is hard to figure out how do you ensure in your group when someone says hey why are we spending this or what are we doing or how are the numbers that they're going to get accurate numbers yeah so it just depends on the the lead sponsor right and 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 who they decide to get themselves involved with so i'll give you an example this is a good sure. question so the first deal that we 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 uh syndicated um we come up with a, a problem where we renovated these apartments so 200 units we renovate 70 units already in a wow. span of six months so you can you can tell like one third of it has already been uh you know done However, our marketing hasn't catch up to to where it's supposed to be. So our occupancy rate is at eighty percent right now, really low. It's just eating our cash reserves on the on a monthly basis, and we almost had a capital call with our investors, but Yikes. the lease sponsors decides to have capital call amongst just the general partners, you know, not to put the pressure on investors. In the end, you know, we didn't have to cough up any money because our lender was able to work with us to give us some reserves on the back end to release some of the funds. So at the end of the day, uh, to answer your question, it was all because uh, we decided to go with uh, ResProp. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Yep. But they have $2 billion, yep. yeah, an asset at, uh, under management. And they just created, you know, um, uh, a team in florida orlando but uh they don't have the connection they don't have the relationship built with the vendors right mm-hmm. so there was a uh, hundreds of work orders backed up and they couldn't yeah <laughs> they couldn't yeah. you know figure out a system and and, and uh, come up with a solution to get this done quickly and so uh, they, they weren't equipped for that and so we had to fire them and switch to a prop to a different property management company but are so, you are, do you have your own construction team or do you, you tender it out like how do you you know when you're going to do 200 units you might as well have your own trades if you can get them yeah so the lead sponsor the reason why he was able to, to, to renovate so quickly was he brought his whole team over He's, he has like 12 syndication or 13 syndication deal in his pipeline. So this is not the only project he's working on, but he, 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 he sees a huge potential at this property because it's a, it's a, it's a very desirable location. It's actually uh, built in a A class location, mm-hmm. but the building is C because it's been neglected and, so and, and you know, before you, before you start then as a part owner or a, a partner, whatever your term is, do you get to see the quotes for fixing each unit or how transparent is that? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Okay. We do get to see all the quotes and, and so forth. But typically when we project it to our investors, it's just an estimate. Kind of like what I just told you about, you know, a, a average unit, average average rent per unit. Okay. Just What's your age now, if I can ask Jim? How old are you? 35. And what's your, where do you see, where are you going next? What's your future projects? What what gets you up in the morning? And then I have some standard questions I'm going to ask because I ask everybody the same ones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what gets me up at, in the morning is to, 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 you know, give back to what my parents have uh, given me, you know, they sacrificed their life to bring us over to America to give, to help, let, allow us, give us a chance, an opportunity to achieve the American dream. And you know, I, and I see the sacrifice and how much hard work they put in. And now it's just my turn to, to, to do the same and give back to them and starts with family and then friends and employees and whoever wants to learn, you know, and get on the financial freedom. Do you see a lot of work ethic out there, uh, Jim, or do you, do you worry about that? 
What do you mean? Do I see work? Well, you, you've you've described your yourself, and and it sounds like you've worked pretty hard all your life for what you've got, and and you see that work is is the path to success. Um, is that a common thing you see out there, or is that a struggle for you when you hire trades, or when you look at employees, or when you look at other people? Um, I think for me, just being by being myself when I and and constantly putting myself out there because i'm an introvert right and to be even on a podcast show it, it, it makes me cringe but you're doing great man by the way you're doing fantastic thank you, thank you. <laughs> you really are <laughs> but but the thing is you know i can't just hide in the shadow forever i got to put myself out there and you know and educate and basically that's how i'm able to help more people right by putting myself out there and and i think and um, when, the more I do so, the more I'm able to connect with people who are just as hardworking or even, even more hard worker than I am. So you, you, you just have to surround yourself with like-minded people and it's going, you're going to attract the right type of people to you. And eventually, you that's know. an awesome response. Uh, what, what's your next, uh, challenges you're facing right now? Um, raising capital. <laughs> uh, tell, tell yeah. briefly without a lot. I know you can't disclose much, but what's that like? What What do you have to do? Knock on doors, go to banks. What's your thing? Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, putting our, our uh, putting myself out there is through you know podcasts, through uh, writing newsletter, ebooks, hosting webinar, uh, creating a community where people can come and uh, network and talk about real estate. Uh, uh, attending network events, join mastermind group, invest in yourself. You know, uh, these are all the the things that I'm doing to to take my uh, take it to the next level. So, do you have a deal pending right now? Have you got offers in? Are you looking, or what's the market like right now? Yeah, so um, we're I'm constantly I'm constantly looking for deals and uh, looking for the most the best deal out there for my investor. Because to start off, it's it's tough really tough, you know, uh, for uh, only friends and family is going to trust you and they don't even trust your deal. They just trust you. Right. And so right now it's just, it's, it's just for me to, uh, build relationship with, you know, as many investors as I, as I can and, uh, bring them the best deal I can. And so the 400 unit apartment building was, it was a, it was a killer deal because we closed this apartment building back in June and our, our investors get retroactive returns if they invest today meaning they'll get eight months of past, passive income. right? What's right the away. cap rate on that building? Cap rate is 4.8, I believe. 4. So does that, uh, does that concern you when interest rates are six, seven plus? Yeah, it, it does, but you know, <laughs> <It's good. laughs> it does, it does. And that's why we bought the rate cap, right? And then that's why also, right. That's also why we uh, raise more capital as reserves in case of, uh, you know, emergency, right? And, and the reason why I was able to raise money for this deal after it's closed, because, you know, um, the lease sponsor needs $3 million more for CapEx. Right. So you're not seeing nine caps, eight caps, no. seven. Mm -mm. What's the highest cap you've seen in the last year? I mean, if you look at different asset class, yeah, I've seen nine easily. Right. I'm talking about nice apartments, A, B class uh, apartments. Yeah. So I would say probably around six or seven. Yeah. And you're not buying condos anymore yourself personally? <laughs> no. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just a scalability. 
that's all uh, what it is, right? Like when you think bigger, you're able to scale much bigger. And you ask all the right question. When you say on-site manager, you're not going to hire an on-site manager at a condo, right? Right. Only It would only make, make sense to have one to an apartment. And that's how you scale, right? That's how you're, and you're able to attract higher caliber people, like, you know, top real estate agents, broke uh, property managers and, and so forth in the market. So why not go big? Okay. And two, two final questions I ask everyone. The first is, can tell, tell us about your typical day from the time you get up to the time you hit the, hit the pillow. Yeah. So I get up in the morning. Um, I, I do my one what hour. time. Huh? What time? Oh, um, 5 a.m. Okay. Yeah. I get up, uh, read, I read for one hour and then I go out to exercise for one hour. To Hang run. on. What are you reading right now? I'm reading this book right here. What is it? I'm pretty sure you might have heard of it. A million, a hundred million offer. No, I haven't actually. I'm still, I'm, I'm still uh, stuck on Warren Buffett's. Uh, you know that book with every yearly annual letter. Is it? Oh, uh, okay, yeah. I'm up to 1994. <laughs> oh wow! Like, I, I've read wait. the, I, I've read the Intelligent Invest uh, Investor. Have yep. you, yeah, it's a great book. Great book. Um, so, so you yeah. read and then you exercise. Yep, and then I and then I go on about my day and. Uh, until I pretty much work until um, whenever I need to go out to network because usually networking events is uh, volunteers, uh, you know, is usually around, you know, six o'clock at night mm -hmm. if I have it for that day. And um, and then, yeah, and, and just go to sleep afterwards. <laughs> okay. Um, and the final question is, what is the biggest mistake that taught you the most in your life? Hmm. Good question. So I guess I have to go back to, you know, let's just stay on the topic, real investing, right? Real estate investing. The biggest mistake I would say is buying that condo all cash offer because my hands were tight, you know, all my equity. I put, I basically put all the eggs in one basket and that's what Warren Buffett says not to do, right? Do you still have it? Yeah, I still have it. What's it worth today? It's worth 350000 And what did you pay? 130 40 and so why i'm just struggling why is that a bad move <laughs> oh no 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 it's a bad move because i put all my money in one thing right what's Whereas the rent i, can, I could have split that into five different buildings yeah but what's the rent Tim? What, what are you making right now rent rent uh only 1700 but that's uh, that's before the expense yeah but but you've got an asset worth three why why do you keep it then if you don't think you need it well, it's the it's the only income I'm living off of right now. <laughs> okay, so, the other the other apartment syndications aren't kicking your money up, right? Because again, we're not making any cash flow right now. We're just right. playing the waiting game. Okay, right. Right. so oh, and what stops you from mortgaging that? And and, and now might be the wrong time, obviously, because there's no deals out there. But um, are, are there any duplexes out there you'd pick up or you wouldn't even look at that now because you're into a syndication? Yeah, I'm not looking at those uh, unless it's uh, you know, a deal that I, I just cannot pass on. Um, but other than that, I'm just focusing on syndication because that's what I believe in. That's what um, I'm trying to sell to my friends and family. And every time I present a deal, I'm always going to invest alongside with them. Sure. Just to show them that I have skin in the game, and that's can you what tell I us, have to save morning. Can you tell us where people will go to get more information? Uh, FormosaInvesting.com, and uh, they can also download my ebook, which is only twenty pages long of all the mistakes I learned as a real estate investor. Which oh, so, so only twenty pages worth of mistakes, man. <laughs> can you spell Formosa for people just so they know? Yeah, it's F O R M O S A Investing.com.
Remember to pick up my latest book, What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees, the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment on Amazon or Audible. Pick it up today.